0: Good evening. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio. We are streaming live down the internet from London. This show is dedicated to God through our Lord Jesus Christ. On tonight's program, we will discuss the subject, Repentance. We will be looking at why the Bible teaches that there is a need for this. More about our subject after we've heard some music. Repentance. We will discuss what the Bible teaches about this subject. Have a pen and paper ready to write down some notes. Tonight, we will be discussing these questions together. What does the Bible teach is repentance? Does the Bible teach that we can repent by ourselves? What type of repentance is acceptable to God? What examples in scripture do we have of repentance that is not acceptable to God? And how must we repent before God today? So listeners, before we start our study this evening, let us have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for voicing the wilderness, internet radio, streaming live on the internet from London. Lord, as we discuss this subject tonight, I ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us to strengthen our minds and teach us through your word. It's our prayer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Repentance. What does the Bible teach is repentance. We read in the book of Acts chapter 26 and verse 20. But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coasts of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. We read in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 30 When thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee even in the latter days if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice. The Bible teaches us that to repent is to turn to God. To turn to God, the Bible teaches, is to be obedient to his voice. The Bible also teaches us that a person is to give evidence that they have repented by doing works that are meet or worthy of repentance, works that are in obedience to God's voice. We read in the book of Matthew, chapter 9 and verse 13, but go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. We read in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. We read in the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Jesus states clearly who he has called to repent. Jesus has called sinners to repent. Why? Sin is the transgression of the law of God. So all who have sinned have transgressed God's law and have been disobedient to God. And so repentance is a change of direction in life. It is to turn from sinning against God in a disobedience to Him to doing those things that are in obedience to Him, that are righteous in harmony with His law. We read in the book of Mark, chapter 1 and verse 15, And saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye, and believe the gospel. The Bible teaches us that repentance is to believe in the gospel. It is to accept and believe in the salvation that God offers us through Jesus Christ. We read in the book of Acts chapter 5 and verses 30 to 31. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him have God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a saviour, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Here the Bible explains that repentance and forgiveness of sins is given to Israel by God through Jesus Christ, who is the Prince and the Saviour. The Bible teaches us clearly that Jesus will forgive us of our sins if we repent. Now does the Bible teach that we can repent by ourselves? We read in the book of Romans chapter 2 and verse 4 Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? We read in the book of Acts chapter 11 and verse 18 When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then have God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. We read in the book of John chapter 16 and verses 7 to 8. This is Jesus speaking. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We read in the book of Second Timothy chapter 2 and verses 24 to 25. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. The Bible teaches us that repentance is a gift from God that is granted to humanity. We are called and led to repentance by the goodness of God. Jesus has taught us that we are called to repentance through the Comforter, which is another name given to the Holy Spirit. This shows that we cannot repent listeners of ourselves. Repentance is offered to humanity through a divine mandate. The knowledge of this alone. Should make us bow reverently to the divine government. We should thank the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost for having mercy upon us to help us to see ourselves for who we really truly are and to give us a chance to change our ways. The simple fact is that only God truly knows us and only He can help us to be like He is. He knows not only the open things but secretly what is in the heart of men. Now what type of repentance is acceptable to God? We read in the book of Second Corinthians chapter seven and verses ten to eleven for godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold this self same thing that ye sorrowed after a godly sort. What carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. The scriptures here explain to us that godly sorrow worketh repentance, not to be repented of. This repentance is acceptable to God as it leads to salvation. It is where a person is truly sorry for their sins and are careful how they live before God afterwards. The repentance that is acceptable to God is one that brings reformation in a person's life. Reformation from sin, disobedience to God's law, to righteousness, obedience to God's law of love. In contrast, the Bible mentions the sorrow of the world. This sorrow worketh death. Why, listeners? It is because worldly people, people who are separate from God, they are not truly sorry for the sins which they commit against God and make no true reformation from evil. We read in the book of Romans, chapter 6 and verse 23, For the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If a person makes no true reformation from evil, then no matter how sorry that they are for what they have done or are doing in life, then they will reap the wages which they have worked for, death, and thus lose the life that was borrowed to them and offered to them through the gospel from their creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll have a break for some music. What examples in Scripture do we have of repentance that is not acceptable to God? We read in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 and verses 14 to 17. Follow peace with all men, and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For you know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Listeners, the Bible presents to us the case of Esau, as an example of someone who is seeking repentance, but who does not find it. The Bible explains that Esau was a profane person because for one morsel of meat or one morsel of food, he sold his birthright. I would read from an article written for the Review and Herald written by Sister Ellen G. White, published in March 18th, 1880. Here is described why the Lord had singled out Esau's case as an example of repentance that is not acceptable to him. Esau represents the class who have a blessing of priceless value within their reach, the immortal inheritance, life that is as enduring as the life of God, the creator of the universe, happiness immeasurable, and an eternal weight of glory. Yet there are very many who have indulged appetite, passion, and inclination so long that their power to discern and appreciate the value of eternal things is weakened. Esau had a strong desire for a particular article of food, and he had so long gratified self that he did not feel the necessity of of turning from the tempting, covetous dish. He made no special effort to restrain his appetite until that power bore down every other consideration and controlled him and he imagined he would suffer great inconvenience and even death, if he could not have that particular dish. The more he fought upon it, the more his desire strengthened, until his birthright, which was sacred, lost its value and its sacredness. He fought, well, if I now sell it, I can easily buy it back again. He flattered himself that he could dispose of it at will, and buy it back at pleasure. When he sought to purchase it back, even at a great sacrifice on his part, he was not able to do so. He then bitterly repented his rashness, his folly, his madness. He looked the matter over on every side. He sought for repentance carefully and with tears. It was all in vain. He had despised the blessing and the Lord removed it from him forever. Some have thought that they could sacrifice the truth for a time to their worldly interests, without becoming entirely reckless, so that if they should be disappointed in their hopes and expectations of worldly gain, they could again interest themselves in the truth and become candidates for everlasting life. But in this they only deceive themselves, Under the parable of a great supper, our Saviour shows that many will choose the world above himself and will, as the result, lose heaven. And so Esau represents those who think that they can eat and drink and live as long as they please and leave all that God offers them aside and think that in their own time they can go back to God. Listeners, the Bible is eternal truth. I have known personally people who have said that they will not give their hearts to God until their husband does or until a certain event happens in their life, who never have to this day, even though their husband has died or the event that they are waiting for still has not happened. Esau was not shut out from the privilege of seeking God's favor by repentance, but he could find no means of recovering the birthright. His grief did not spring from conviction of sin. He did not desire to be reconciled to God. He sorrowed because of the results of his sin, not for the sin itself. Listeners, ask the question, do you truly desire to be reconciled to God today? And so how must we repent before God today? We read in the book of Revelation chapter 14 and verses 6 to 7, We read in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, and verses 13 to 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. The scriptures outline the message of repentance that God sends to his church today. It announces the proclamation of the judgment and calls men back to obedience to God's Ten Commandments. The first angel's message, which we have covered in previous radio broadcasts, this points people to the fourth commandment, which reminds men to worship the Creator of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ, on the seventh day Sabbath. See Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 to 11 and Ephesians chapter 3 verse 9. Now this is because the fourth commandment has been trampled upon. Christians treat the seventh-day Sabbath, Saturday, as a common working day and rest and worship on Sunday, a common working day, a day that God has not sanctified and set apart for these things. As we studied in previous radio broadcasts, the Roman Catholic Church, by its own admission, has trampled upon God's law and set up its own law, by commanding Christians to rest and worship on the first day of the week, Sunday, instead of the seventh day of the week, Saturday, as God has commanded in the Fourth Commandment. Once again, we encourage you to study this for yourselves, listeners. As the sign of the authority of the Catholic Church, papist writers cite the very act of changing the Sabbath into Sunday, which Protestants allow of, because by keeping Sunday, they acknowledge the Church's power to ordain feasts and to command them unto sin. That's from Henry Tuberville, An Abridgment of the Christian Doctrine, page 58. What then is the change of the Sabbath but the sign or mark, authority of the Roman Catholic Church? The mark of the beast? Romans declare, Romanists sorry, declare, that the observance of Sunday by the Protestants is an homage they pay in spite of themselves to the authority of the Catholic Church. That's Monsignor Sego, plain talk about the Protestantism of today, page 213. The enforcement of Sunday keeping on the part of Protestant churches is an enforcement of the worship of the papacy or of the beasts. We read in the book of Revelation chapter 14 and verses 9 to 10, When Sunday observance shall be enforced by law, and the world shall be enlightened concerning the obligation of the true Sabbath, then whoever shall transgress the command of God to obey a precept which has no higher authority than that of Rome will thereby honor Popery above God. He is paying homage to Rome and to the power which enforces the institution ordained by Rome. He is worshipping the beast and his image. As men then reject the institution which God has declared to be the sign of his authority and honour in its stead that which Rome has chosen as the token of her supremacy, they thereby accept the sign of allegiance to Rome, the mark of the beast. And it is not until the issue is thus plainly set before the people and they are brought to choose between the commandments of God and the commandments of men that those who continue in transgression will receive the mark of the beast. The enforcement of Sunday observance by law, listeners, is still yet future. We read in the book of Acts chapter 17 and verse 30, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. We read in the book of James chapter 4 and verse 17, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Listeners, if you have never kept the seventh-day Sabbath, now that you know that God commands you to keep it, you are no longer in ignorance. God calls all who love him to keep the biblical Sabbath day holy, from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. We read in the book of Revelation, chapter 14 and verse 12, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. We read in the book of Revelation, chapter 12 and verse 17, And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. We also read in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, And verse 10, And I fell at his feet to worship him. This is the angel. The apostle John was falling at his feet to worship the angel. And he, the angel, said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now here is the repentance that God is calling his people to so that they can stand in the judgment that is taking place now in heaven. God is calling his people to keep his commandments and the faith of Jesus. He's calling them to have the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. And so how are we to repent today? We are to turn away from our sins and turn to God and to accept the salvation that Jesus offers. We are to ask him for faith and strength to keep his commandments. We are also to be obedient to the testimony that Jesus has given to his church through the Spirit of Prophecy. As we studied in our four-part series about the Spirit of Prophecy, the Holy Ghost is the author of the Spirit of Prophecy. He, the Holy Ghost, as Christ's representative, inspired the writings of the Bible and the writings given to the Seventh-day Adventist Church through Ellen G. White to be given as God's message and testimony to the world today. And as we have seen today, repentance involves returning to God, being obedient to his word, and living by what he says. If anyone rejects the Bible and the testimonies given through the spirit of prophecy, then they are saying to God that they do not need to repent. Those who do this want to live their own way as the devil does and are on the road to death. And so listeners, over the next few weeks we will be studying how a person goes forward from initial spirit-led repentance unto spirit-filled and guided obedience through the power and strength of God, through Jesus Christ the Lord. We will have another break for some music and come back with some closing thoughts.
1: Are the processes long and you're losing your song in the night? You can be sure that the Lord has His hand on
2: you, safe and secure. He will never abandon you. You are His treasure and He finds His place. challenges, just look unto him, and you'll see where the balance is, he has the power, and
0: Studied from the Bible what repentance means. It means sorrow for sin and turning away from it. We have studied that we cannot repent of ourselves. God, through His Spirit, leads us by His goodness to repent of evil. We have also studied that if we despise God's goodness and gifts and sell them for earthly gain, and we may never be able to repent again. Most importantly, we have studied that the fourth commandment of God's law, the seventh-day Sabbath, has not been kept, and that men everywhere need to realize that Sunday worship is of pagan origin and has wrongly come into Christendom. God warns us to reject this satanic teaching and to accept His law instead, or we will incur his wrath. So listeners, I pray that as we've discussed this subject tonight, that we will gain a better understanding of how we need to repent before God today. Let us pray as we close this study this evening. Heavenly Father, Lord, we simply thank you for your mercy towards us. Thank you for being so loving and kind and gentle and so forbearing. I pray for all those who have never studied the Bible, who have never studied the Ten Commandments. Lord, that they would open the Bible and understand what your Word says to them this evening. I pray for all who claim to be Christians and all who have been deceived into thinking that Sunday worship is acceptable to you. I pray, Lord, that like myself who was deceived until I received the light about the seventh-day Sabbath, that they would be enlightened about this truth too. And be comforted to know, Lord, as you said in your word, that in the times of ignorance you've winked at, But, Lord, but now, when we're enlightened, you command everyone to repent. I pray also that we would also understand what you've told us would happen in the future, that Sunday will be enforced by law to be kept and observed by the state, directed and controlled by the Catholic Church, and influenced by the Catholic Church. And I do pray, Lord, that all who truly love you, will not bow down to the state, but will refuse to accept this mandate and will stay true to you and respect and keep your Seventh-day Sabbath, Sunset Friday to Sunset Saturday. So, Lord, it's not just one commandment that we're to be obedient to. It's all ten commandments. Keeping the Sabbath alone will not save us Lord, it's only by submitting to your grace and power and by receiving strength from you to receive your spirit in our hearts and to keep your law through your grace and love, to bear the fruit of your spirit and to reflect the character of Jesus, to wear on the righteous robe of Jesus Christ, that spiritual robe of love and grace and mercy. That's the greatest qualification that we need for your kingdom, Lord, to have pure love in our hearts. And Lord, I just pause a little longer this evening as there's so much talk about the wars that are going on, whether it be in Ukraine or whether it be in the Middle East, between Israel and Palestine, Lord. I do pray Lord, that the listeners' minds will be taken away from this earth to heaven. We studied previously before in, in a previous show about the signs of the times, and these things are happening upon the earth. Not, Lord, just assigns sign's alarm. Not to make us afraid of what's happening on the earth, but to draw us to you, to look to you for hope, to look to you for cleansing, to look to you for power and grace so that we of ourselves can not have a hateful but a loving influence in this world and can help to stem the tide of evil and to be ready for your soon-coming kingdom. So bless us and keep us, Lord. I pray that with this hatred in have families that there will be repentance and that there will be love. With his lies that there will be truth, Lord, And when there's unfaithfulness, that there'll be faithfulness between husband and wife, between brothers and sisters, between friends, and all the way through the community. This is the only way that this earth can go forward. But Lord, we know that truthfulness and love and happiness can only come from you. And we pray, Lord, in your mercy, that you would save us in your kingdom. Is our prayer. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Listeners, if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, if you'd like more information, please send an email to inquiries at wildernesspublications.org. You can send a text message to zero seven nine four four zero six two seven eight six. If you have the Android app for Voice in the Wilderness, internet radio, go to the e section then find the title, Bible Readings for the Home. At Chapter 16, you will find the subject, Repentance. This chapter will give you more information about today's topic. You can also listen to and download our radio show podcasts at https, colon, forward slash, forward slash, voice, dash, in, dash, z, t, h, e, that is dash, forward slash. If you would like to support Voice in the Wilderness Internet Radio financially, then please send your donation through our website at vrtwradio.org. Click on the page called About Us, and you can donate to us there. On next week's programme, we'll discuss the subject consecration. Well, that's it for tonight. Good night, listeners, and God bless. Voice Voice in the Wilderness.